0: Zscaler extended its Zero Trust architecture with powerful AI engines trained by 500 trillion daily signals to prevent ransomware and AI attacks that target business. Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI. Learn more at zscaler.com slash Zero Trust AI.
1: This is
2: Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Steven Grosser. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates again and laid out its plan to shrink its balance sheet. Welcome to the Money Beat Podcast. I'm Paul Vigne. I'm Steve Grosser. So, uh, Steve Grosser, the Fed concluded its two-day meeting today, took some actions. And did not surprise many people. Did not surprise many they people. they had telegraphed this, I think, They'd, very well. They had telegraphed this well. But... They did do some things, and it is important. Yeah. And what does it mean for you, the listener, to help us today to break down all these, uh, all the numbers and all the ramifications? We are joined by Scott Kimball, who is the Portfolio Manager at BMO's TCH Core Plus Bond Fund. Scott, how are you?
1: Doing well, gentlemen. How are you guys?
2: We're doing all right. We're good.
0: So, I mean, Scott, just right off the bat, what was your take from this, uh, this policy statement and uh, meeting?
1: Well, you know, throughout the day, there was this error from the morning CPI report, which is a little disappointing, that the market started getting the feeling like maybe the Fed was going to surprise us. And it turned out that they stuck to their guns, and they didn't surprise in any way, shape, or form. They were very consistent uh, with their message that they've been delivering in raising rates. They were very consistent in their message about uh, future expectations for perhaps shrinking the balance sheet. And they did give a tip of the cap and a little acknowledgement of uh, inflation data being a bit disappointing. But uh, they added a little sentence just to sort of you know, let people know that they're reasserting their view that, yes, we saw the bad CPI print as well. Uh, and we are monitoring it, but it's not going to change our direction. We're still thinking that inflation is going to accelerate at some point. We don't know when, but we're pretty confident that it will. Um, and the bond market uh, didn't really react, which says that you know, at least to, to our interpretation, that it, what the Fed said the market took in stride and uh, didn't really do an about face uh, from from anything or any anything that had been set in place uh, earlier in the day.
0: I want to take just a, a quick step back to what you were saying earlier. <laughs> just about in the morning, after the economic data, you had uh, CPI came in a little bit weaker. Also, retail sales were not you know great either. Um, that the market thought the Fed might surprise them. If the Fed hadn't raised rates today, what would have that done to its credibility, I guess, with uh, the investors and the markets in general?
1: I think that if the Fed were to – if they had decided to punt on today's opportunity to raise rates, then what that would have translated to the market is we, the Fed, are not 100% confident in the direction of this entire train. Uh, meaning that the forecast about growth and their expectations for inflation and some of the, particularly the the traction they they feel has been in the labor market, it would have been the Fed stepping back and saying that on the broad issues, the direction this train is going, we think we may be changing tracks. So uh, the signal to the market would have been uh, pretty damaging to uh, not necessarily the Fed's credibility because the Fed would be, in fact, credible by saying, look we have to take a different okay. path but the right. credibility being assigned to the fed's estimate to what that what investors have been interpreting as the the economic health of the us that's what would have fallen into question
0: i mean my my one concern would just be like you, the fed had done a very good job of sort of i think laying the groundwork that oh we're going to move on this the june meeting and when you you see the changes you oftentimes see the market not too happy when it's surprised like that
1: yeah, I think you know to your point on on the transparency, which I think is a is a is a very important dynamic of this Fed, uh, which really started under uh, Chair Yellen's predecessor Ben Bernanke. Uh, is uh, the Fed has been very transparent uh, with their messaging to the marketplace and very clear uh, in the direction and the directives that they're that they're putting forth. And I think that uh, if there's one thing that, that they're going to really try to maintain going forward as they weave through this process. Is that the again? It's the direction of, of the train, and that when they're thinking about the forward-looking expectation right. for their policy decisions and what they're seeing in the economy, they really they, they, they don't want the market to get off track or waver too much in any one report, but really come back come back home to us, the Fed. Look at what we're saying, and, and we will tell you if and when a particular data point is, is overly important.
2: You know, the thing that struck me about the. This, the numbers that came out, right? They released their statement. Uh, Fed Chairwoman Janet Yellen had a press conference, but they also re- released their long-term projections. And the thing that struck me about it, Scott, and maybe you feel differently or the same, is you know you guys are talking about the economic numbers that came out this morning and how they were sort of disappointing uh, Wednesday morning, or how they were disappointing. But what, what struck me about it was the Fed's long-term projections really did don't point to an economy that is going to take any kind of sharp uh, uptick. I mean, GDP growth, somewhere around 2%. Inflation, they hope somewhere around 2%. Unemployment, they see staying where it is for like 2017, 2018, 2019. They have it all at 4.2, 4.3, 4.2%. Uh, just. You know, it seems to me that the Fed is saying, do not expect the economy to get much better than what you are seeing today. And, Scott, did you read that? Do you think, am I wrong about
1: that? No, you're not. And that's part of the transparency discussion about the Fed keeping keeping everything in front of the market. The Fed, if anything, Chair Yellen has been very uh, consistent in making the... Uh, use of the qualifier she won't just say we expect growth she says we expect moderate or modest growth Uh, she won't come forward and say that you know this is a tightening cycle she keeps referring to it as removing accommodation meaning that we're not actually putting the brakes on the economy because the economy is not growing at a at a rate that warrants putting the brakes on but we also are taking some of the sugar out of the punch bowl Mm we have had this in place for a bit too long so we're looking to take away some accommodation, but we key are, we're key to make sure the tools that we need remain in place to keep the thing going in the right direction. So uh, I think that you know, you're know you correct in that, um, that the long-term expectations uh, that they continue to hammer home do not speak to a runaway growth. They speak to uh, okay growth. They don't speak to poor growth or overheating growth just right down the middle, standard 2%. Um, healthy economy, but certainly not overly robust.
2: Yeah. Uh, Let's take a break here because you brought up a couple of things that I really want to get into, but we do have to take a break. And rather than, you know, cut that conversation in half, let's just do it now. Clean. We'll come back on the other side more with Scott Kimball from BMO about the Federal Reserve.
0: AI may be the most important new computer technology ever, but AI needs a lot of processing speed and that gets expensive fast upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is the single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. Do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic. Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash WallStreet, oracle.com WallStreet.
2: Make sure to check out the Future of Everything podcast, because the future is closer than you think. All new episodes each Friday in June. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Steven Grosser. Welcome back to Money Beat. Paul venia Stephen Grosser here in the studio in New York City, joined on the phone today by Scott Kimball, who is Portfolio Manager over at BMO. He runs the TCH Core Plus Bond Fund. And, you know, Scott, you had mentioned in the last segment uh, Janet Yellen's assertion that you know they're not tightening; they're just removing some accommodation, and that kind of gets to what was really the big issue today that, that people in the market wanted to hear about, which was the Fed's plans for their balance sheet. Uh, if you're not familiar with this, folks, the Fed had a balance sheet, their holdings of assets, mostly government assets, of about nine eight nine hundred billion before the crisis. After the crisis hit, and in the years since, uh, as a result of all their stimulus efforts. Their balance sheet is now yeah. about $4.5 trillion. That is government debt, um, mortgage-backed securities, everything they bought off the banks, really, through the stimulus uh, stimulus programs. And now they're trying to figure out how to wind that down, when to wind it down, what pace to wind it down. And, and Scott, they detailed some of this today. And to bring it back to your question, if they are winding down that balance sheet, uh, is, is there really any difference between you know, saying that this is removing accommodation and actual tightening, is that just a semantic difference or is there a real difference there?
1: Well, you know, I think our, our position would be that there is a real difference there and that uh, the terminal point for tightening is one where you, you think, okay, you know, I've raised interest rates to neutral. I need to go farther because I want to see growth come down. What the Fed is actually doing now is saying we need to take away some of this accommodation. We need to raise interest rates to a, to a neutral standpoint and stop when we're at the point where we think the economy will neither contract nor grow further, but we'll just remain stable. So there, there are some differences uh, between those, those two ideas of tightening versus removing accommodation. Uh, we like to give it the example of the punch bowl and the sugar, meaning that you leave the punch out because you want the party to keep going on, but you remove some of the sugar because there's a bit of a sugar high uh, throughout the crowd.
2: Yeah, but that, uh, the sugar is what makes the punch fun. I mean, that—that's yeah. I get the the great uh, William B. McChesney Martin quote about taking the punch bowl away. Like, if you're leaving out an unspiked punch bowl, what kind of party do you have?
1: One that one where things start to go back to an orderly fashion when maybe the rock and roll's gotten a little too loud. <laughs> I like that
0: answer. Actually, that's a, that's a good reply. I mean, how how can cons- we've talked a lot about this here, just in our newsroom, about the amount of li- liquidity sort of sloshing around the markets. Um, how is, is that something that you all are keeping an, idea, an eye on? And how much would the Fed sort of pulling back on and shrinking its balance sheet sort of help rectify that problem?
1: You know, uh, it's, it's a good it's a good point you raise. And when you look at Um, uh, chairperson Yellen's comments in the presser today following the release, she did make uh, some references uh, to financial market valuations. She also made references to those being uh, incorporated, reflected into a lot of the financial conditions indexes that people will look through uh, as ways of kind of gauging the overall condition of the marketplace. Uh, Our position Still remains that there's one thing the Fed is very aware of it's that you know they themselves are of course long a lot of bonds and that the government has a lot of growing uh, borrowing needs potentially with some fiscal stimulus coming even more and that uh, institutions the retail investors have also moved into a lot of credit related investments corporate bonds high-yield securities equity pay uh, dividend paying equities right. things that are that are income related type investments And in order for to have a functioning market where all those Different areas or pools of investments remain uh, stable. You have to have a stable and functioning credit market, which needs liquidity. So, if there's one thing that we think the Fed will definitely keep uh, their keep tabs on, it will be the pulse and the healthy, the health, the healthiness of the uh, credit and liquidity conditions in the marketplace. Because that is when you get to that neutral Fed Fed policy, that's what can that's where things can come undone. That's where you can take a step back and see. Uh, some risk to the economy is that you're at a neutral Fed funds rate, but then credit conditions start to subside.
2: Hey, Scott. Uh, earlier this morning, the yield on the U.S. ten-year Treasury note—and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, I'm sure—but uh, some people might not be familiar with this. The the yield hit two. I think it was two point one oh five percent, Which was the lowest since just after the election. So it's and the lowest for this year. What, you know, when you look at that benchmark treasury yield rate, what should investors be taking away from that? What's that telling us?
1: I think that that is a real, that resonates most closely with the inflation data we saw this morning. Uh, if you look underneath, see, headline inflation is one thing, it's just kind of a number. But when you look underneath it and you see that the weakness was in apparel, which has a read-through for consumers, automobiles, which has a read-through for, you know, the broad economy, and airline tickets, which has a read-through for business-type and type, uh, expenditures. You know, the bond market's taking a step back and saying that, you know, we had a lot of skepticism about inflation being, a, being you know, a, a real threat over the intermediate term before this. And now the sequence of weaker inflation data, we sort of have uh, our confirmation that uh, inflation is unlikely – to, to be a, a problem any time in, in the near future. Uh, further that, I will make a point, uh, if you ever look at something called the Treasury term premium, yeah. some, it's a measure that tells us how much risk you're effectively taking by locking up your money for some time period. That's been zero to negative for a while now, which you know some will label as maybe complacency in the bond market, but I think that also resonates with uh, the interpretation of what the 10-year is telling you, which is that with a low term premium, Uh, A rate that's sort of subsiding on some weak inflation data, uh, the interpretation the bond market is is sharing with investors is that if you have a concern about locking up your money and that concern is inflation, put that one on hold and go ahead and buy your bond because that's unlikely to be uh, a major pressure point over the, the near to intermediate term.
0: What is your sort of take on, you know, sort of, I guess, inflation? I mean, we got close to or we did get to the, you know, the 2% that, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Fed wants. And now it seems like we're pulling back from that. What's the your sort of outlook and take on it?
1: Um, the overall, our overall view in terms of in inflation, yeah. uh, is, I just want to make sure I understood correctly. So our yeah, yeah. view on the inflation interpretation.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, so I'll tell you, our view on inflation is very consistent with that of what the bond market is saying, which is at odds with the Fed. The Fed is continuing to press the notion of the Phillips curve, which is that low employment, wage growth, inflation, it's going to happen. Our view is that the decline in unemployment has been a combination of, uh, yes, some healthy economic growth, yes, some recovery in the job market, but also some demographics and other structural issues which have really held back the wage growth. So this is a consumer-driven economy. Two-thirds of our GDP, more than two-thirds of our GDP, is directly linked to consumption. So as long as we see that uh, there's not a lot of growth in the pocketbook of the, you know, the individual citizens of the country, the workforce, we don't necessarily see inflation uh, coming to the forefront as a problem.
0: Okay. And I, and I guess sort of to wrap it up here, one of the big questions I think in the you know week leading up to this meeting wasn't really whether they were going to raise rates this meeting but was what was the rest of the year going to look like um, was the Fed going to move on the balance sheet was it going to raise one more time or was it going to raise two more times um, or none at all what after this after this policy statement and, and, and meeting, what is your sort of view on you know going forward for the Fed in terms of rates in the balance sheet?
1: Well, I can tell you uh, our team here and the way we position the Core Plus Bond Fund uh, is consistent with uh, perhaps one more increase out of the Federal Reserve and any changes to the balance sheet being uh, very uh, slow and methodical and one that plays out over a 7- to 10-year type period. Uh, where effectively the reduction is very incremental and the reabsorption of those securities in the marketplace, particularly mortgage-backed securities, is rather orderly. That ties back into the comment that I made where our team is very focused and very consistent in the view that uh, the Fed is very well aware of the conditions of the bond market, and they need the bond market to function very calmly uh, and very methodically, uh, particularly when it comes to the credit markets. So we continue to wrap this up and think that, when we go as we go forward, if you see one more hike out of the Federal Reserve uh, in the second half of the year, probably again towards that latter part of the year, make you know in December, like we've seen the past two years, um, that will be consistent with their message, and then an incremental balance sheet approach that lets securities run off. But the most important thing is you know the terminal point and the Fed. If you go and look within their their commentary today yes they were transparent but they were very ambiguous as well when it comes to the actual nuances they were sharing and that you can drive a truck through the balance sheet story they told you it's gonna be somewhere between you know this it started at 900 billion and where it peaked at four and a half trillion and somewhere in between there's where they're they'll they'll let it rest uh, based on the economic conditions which again feeds through to the idea liquidity very important credit markets very important Orderly functioning of interest rates extremely important. Uh, and to get to that point, you really can't press the market more than perhaps one more increase later in the year.
2: Mm-hmm. Transparent ambiguity thats what it comes down to. Scott Kimball is Portfolio Manager at BMO's TCH Core Plus Bond Fund. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for taking some time. I know it was a busy day for you.
1: Thank you for having me. look forward to speaking with you guys again. Yeah, Thanks absolutely. a lot.
2: Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon.